Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with Strike Thoughts. It's round seven. I'm here with Peter Frost. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. How was that? How did you enjoy those cars last weekend? What? Oh, well, uh, yeah. But um, I've only just watched the prelims of. I watched it a bit back to front, so I watched okay. the main event. I watched the main event Saturday, mm. and then um, uh, watched the prelims. Yeah, today. <laughs> a bit late, but... Um, no, it's good. They're yeah, fresh. That's better. They're fresh. Oh, yeah. No, oh, as, as I said to you, I found out where all that blood come from. <laughs> well, what, what, we might as well start there then. Darren Elkins against, against Nate Landwehr. I, I don't think, me personally, I don't think I've seen this much blood before in a, in a, in a UFC fight. It was... No, yeah. It was mad. Like, I, I remember watching it to a certain extent and being and thinking like, Okay, I've, I've, I've never had this before. I've always enjoyed UFC. Um, the missus hates it. You know, she finds it a bit violent and stuff like that. Towards the end of round three, I was getting a bit uncomfortable. I think I've seen the, the only one I can think of that amount that was coming out and the same sort of point in his head was, um, uh, what's his name? Little uh, Joe Daddy Stevenson when he fought BJ Penn. Oh, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. But like it was spraying, and I remember his face was just like covered in blood, Jeez. sort of to the point you could like you couldn't even see his face, like what Elkins looked like. And then um, that was when BJ got him in the rear naked choke and started squeezing even more blood out, and it was and just it was like, just <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Gee. but in terms, but in terms of like actually taking that and fighting back as well. Absolute warrior, Mad. absolute warrior. Yeah, it was. It was. A, it was actually a really, really good fight in round one. You had Elkin starting really, really strong, uh, takedown, uh, and then Nate towards the end started sort of showboating. You know, hands down, walking, yeah, was, walking yeah, down. It was, it, was, it was a little bit annoying. <laughs> <laughs> that one, like the one arm behind the back, to say like I can beat you with one arm. It's like. Nah, one arm like type, just, but shouting at Dana, Dana, yeah, Dana. they are, yeah, and yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah. as well. It's like fucking hell, yeah, you can see, mate. <laughs> <laughs> There's no one else in the but, fucking um, arena. There's no one else in the arena. I know, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a really, no, really sick fight. You know, it was a really, really sick fight. Round round one started well. Round two, you had Nate um, really, really hurting him um, with with a knee, and then obviously, as we mentioned, shouting Dana, and then round three. The cut was just so so bad, but Elkins was still hurting him, bruv, in the third. I round. thought he come back. Yeah, I thought he come back more in the third round. One hundred percent. I thought it was probably. Well, I don't know. Was it? I don't know whether it was closer than what. Maybe if the blood wasn't there, then maybe that played a big factor. But it was still. It was a wicked elbow to cut him open. Yeah, it was. It was a great a great shot from Nate Landwehr. It's good to see. We'll see what happens with Nate. He's obviously um, a young fighter, up and coming. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. What uh, weight class was that? I can't even remember. I haven't got it down here. Is it feather? I think it was feather, wasn't it? There was a lot of featherweight fights this this, yeah. this, this on this event. So we'll see what happens with Nate afterwards. He's, it was really really good, like hearing him talk afterwards because. If you if you close your eyes and just listen to Nate Landwehr talk, you'd think it was <laughs> yeah. like a black guy from like the south of America. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> doesn't sound. He's got like some weird. I don't know what sort of haircut you'd call that. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, it was so funny yeah. hearing him talk afterwards. So so funny. So we'll see what happens with him after that. Um, it was a really really good fight for Darren Elkins. Would would you reckon? Just obviously, just trying to get paydays now. Yeah, probably. He's just he's been in so many of them sort of fights. You even like you hear his corner. They're like, "Sorry, right, you're bleeding." Now we he's know been it's like, 
what they say the fight starts now <laughs> yeah 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 of course he's probably like fuck this can't you teach me to not get cut <laughs> <laughs> the fight started now i'm fucking bleeding you cunt <laughs> a really really good fight so yeah i was really impressed with, with both of those and, and shout out to darren elkins man a, a really really big fan favorite the next fight was actually a featherweight one as well we had giga uh, chikadza um against owen rivera um really really good fight chikadza was using his distance well um and um you know because obviously he's the, the, the bigger fighter the fighters the thing the, the i do love having a crowd obviously but I, i'm loving these empty arenas you can hear them shouting at each other you can mm. hear them you can hear the sweat you can hear the breathing you can hear like every little detail about it and it's just it makes yeah. you realize how much the fighters will probably be like shouting at each other towards the end mm. love it oh it's yeah the, 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 i think that was the one that stood out for me watching it just the other one was watched because of the blood and stuff but it like landed when he started finding his rhythm mm. and that poor guy was just like he was like so game that Rivera but he was just running into shots like running into knees running into like straight right hands and he just kept countering it was just like you could hear every every single shot Definitely, definitely. However, the only thing about the fight was obviously Chikadza looked great. He was controlling him through distance, kicks, knees, elbows, that kind of stuff. But this Erwin Rivera, he took this fight on a day's notice. So, you know, just absolutely incredible the fact that he, he turned up like that. Took it on a day's notice. And he's also coming up in weight as well. So for someone who's coming up in weight and for someone who took it on like a day's notice, you know, really, I, I would say really, really, really impressive performance. So he's still doing, still yeah. doing really well. Um, in, the, in round three, Chikadza dropped him with a knee and Rivera came up swinging. Like he dropped him with a knee and Rivera came yeah, yeah, yeah. straight back up swinging. I was thinking, this guy is, if he, so I, I, I want to see him on a full camp. I think he'd be, <laughs> I think he'll be a good fighter. Yeah, that's, um, that's what they said, yeah. Yeah. You could tell, like, he just had a bit, of, he was carrying a bit of weight and stuff as well. But yeah, it'd be good to see him with a full camp. I think he's going to settle well into the UFC. So we'll keep an eye on Erwin Rivera there. But yeah, Chikadza just controlled the fight, really. Um, the last 10 seconds threw like a wild wheel kick. And then um, Rivera <laughs> caught him in, the, in a heel hook. And mm. I was just thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just the, the last 10 seconds of a fight is sometimes the most no. exciting. So funny. I know. Imagine really, if he got really caught. <laughs> yeah, imagine, <laughs> imagine that. He submitted him in the last 10 seconds. Heel hook. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be amazing. But yeah, so um, Chikadza, um, really, really, I think he's quite a game fighter, actually. I'm quite excited to see what he does. The only thing about the featherweight division, though, brother, it's just so stacked. Like, it's just difficult. Mm. It's difficult to see. Oh, that see. was featherweight as well. That was featherweight as well. Yeah, so yeah. just a completely stacked division. The next one, mm. the next fight was, was interesting. It was a middleweight fight between Kevin Holland and Anthony Hernandez. Bruv, round one, first round stoppage. It's one of these fights where they show you the highlights and in the highlights, they just show you the full fight. Massive elbow um, from, from Kevin Holland in, in the clinch. Finished it off with a knee to the midsection. 39 seconds into round one. Um, yeah, give me your thoughts on this fight then. Yeah, it was sick. I've, I've not really seen either of them before. Um, but just the, way that, just the way that guy come out and started moving, like he just looks like, you know, when someone's got something... Like a like an Israel Adesanya or something like that, um, and just the way he was moving, and it, like they started talking about the other guy that he'd finished someone in the Ultimate Fighter just by like catching them like, with, a, with a shot, and they dropped to their face. And as soon as they said that, that that Holland just started unloading. And I was like, Jesus Christ! Like, yeah, yeah, just he's, he's definitely got something about him. Definitely, and the only thing you you did mention you mentioned Izzy there, and I wanted to just talk to you about the middleweight division just to say, for me, it just seems like there's a bit of a a kind of chasm where it's like you've got 
Izzy and then you've got Romero and Whitaker and stuff like that. And then there seems to be, I don't know, I might be wrong, but it seems to be a big drop off. Like if you look at any of these guys, like let's look at Kevin Holland, for example, winning this fight in, in, in impressive fashion. I mean, is he going to give Izzy a run for his money? That's the only thing. I might be being a bit kind of tunnel vision with it, but I just feel like what could any of these guys really do against Izzy? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I always do that. I always, I always look at these poor people like, I think I did it in the, uh, one of the fights on the last card, that uh, the women's fight. Mm. I can't remember her name. Uh, Eubanks. Sajara Eubanks, I look, yeah. Yeah, I, lo- I looked at the other woman she was fighting and I was like, like do you really think you're ever going to, be like champion like mm. defeat the women's champ like you just not, not like maybe they can people can just go on like mad runs and stuff but of course of course you do look at these people and yeah like i think we're right to judge like yeah can that that guy like holland like i don't know he seems he's got so much confidence as well and just like a good finish like that Who's he called? He called out Mickey Gall. Like, yeah, he called, that's the right thing to do. It's really interesting. Like... He, he called out Mickey Gall, um, and Mickey Gall is um, welterweight as well. So he'd, 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 be, yeah. he'd be dropping down. So I don't know what I don't know what his aspirations are. <laughs> it's like he's, only, he's, he's quite he's quite new, and he's like jumping between divisions, calling out guys that he thinks he can beat. Like I respect it like, though. Rap. I like I like that. I respect yeah, it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. But then I don't know. I'd say. I don't know. Is Mickey go above him or below him, though? It's almost we, like calling out... Yeah, yeah. It's calling out someone that's, like, below you. It's not going to, like, propel you up the... you got other people going straight away, like, give me a title shot. I want to fight the best people. And he's like, oh, I'll fight Mickey Gall because... He, he chokes people out and he won't <laughs> choke me out. So, <laughs> or you try, it's just weird. I don't, I don't know. Um, we'll see. I, I think he's just game. I think he knows that he's in, we're in a bit of a strange time at the moment where not every fighter is allowed to fight. So he's probably thinking, yeah, like, Mickey Gall's looking for a fight and he's clear to fight. I'm clear to fight. I just want to get mm. back in here as soon as possible. I think look at people like Jeremy Stevens and, and that kind of stuff. You get those fucking, if you get those UFC hours in, you, you develop so much as a fighter. It's all about those cage minutes. So yeah, interesting mm. for him to call out another fighter, but, but I do like that. Um, he made a really funny joke um, at the end of his fight when he was being interviewed as well, when he said, yeah, I couldn't, um, I, I didn't have DC commentating for yeah, that's um, like the wrestling. Yeah. 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 I didn't have him commentating. So I couldn't pick up any wrestling tips. So I thought, oh, I'll just finish it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird isn't it are they people are actually using that now it's strange it's very very strange so yeah it's interesting to see i mean the good thing the the one of the reasons why obviously there's many reasons why i enjoy doing this with you pete but one of the reasons why is because where normally i just watch a card enjoy it and i'll text you about it but where we're getting together after every card and i'm sort of making notes now we get to follow these fighters in a bit more detail do you know what i mean yeah 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 it's nice to actually because there's a lot of fights are sort of I never used to really watch the prelims and stuff like mm. um, sort of before all this sort of stuff happened. I was just sort of, I'd, I'd wake up or I'd, I'd just sort of not really bother with them just because I didn't know who these people were. Whereas now I've got the time and it's just like, oh, you know what, sod it. Some of the, and that, to be honest, that was one of the best prelims that I've seen in a while like compared to the other two. It's just like you got two, two potential fight of the nights on there um, with those two before that you said and then that guy coming out with a finish as well. Exactly. Yeah. Really, really exciting fights on the prelims. You, you, the thing is you miss, I'd, I'd normally have it. I'm exactly in the same boat as you. I'd, I'd start the main card and then a few fights into the main card, it'd go a bit quiet. And then DC and, and Rogan would be like, whoo, that prelim earlier. And, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like I've missed it. Do you know I what know, I mean? 
so funny. So yeah, shouts to Kevin Holland. We'll see what happens. Anthony Hernandez again. It's, it's difficult to come off a of, um, you know a, a stoppage like that, but we'll see what happens with him in the middleweight division. To be one to uh, to look out for there. And then moving on to the main uh, prelim or the prelim main event, I suppose it was Miguel Bieza against Matt Brown. Pete, you were really, really looking forward and excited to to watch Matt Brown and to see Matt Brown. Why don't you give me your thoughts on on this fight, mate? Yeah, that was the one I that was the one I sort of woke up to. It was just like I thought he's doing. I thought he'd done well as well. He didn't look like he was like outclassed or nothing like that. He just didn't. I think even he said afterwards he just, he needs to learn to keep his hands up more and not just trust in his chin and like walk forward because he had, like, I think he had that guy hurt as well. Um, but yeah, like it's just you could sort of like a few of them shots as soon as that Bieza started like getting his rhythm. Mm. You'd see that let that left hook was landing, landed about two or three times before, and it's like, oh man, you need to stop, <laughs> you need to stop taking them. And then that was the one that done him. But yeah, well, the thing is, it's really, really two fighters here on the you know the absolute like antithesis of each other. You've got Matt Brown, a really experienced welterweight, um, who's again probably not looking for a, a title run or anything like that, but just looking to get more time in the octagon and and, and get paid. And then you've got Miguel Bieza, eight and 12 years younger than Matt. Um, and, and coming in, trying to get up the ranks. He was chewing up Matt's leg in the early rounds and there was no checking going on. And yeah, I just think, look, yeah, for, for an experienced veteran fighter, you sh- you know, just raise your leg and check it. You know what I mean? I mean, again, <laughs> this is us never fucking checked anything in our know, life. But, you know, you, you would think that he'd be checking those. But it was mm. um, a really, really big KO from Miguel Beza in round two. Early in the round, he dropped Matt with a counter left and then rained down a filthy elbow. Um, yeah, and, yeah. yeah just, just sort of done him from there, really. I still really? think he's there, he's there though. Well, there's still good fights for him to have. Maybe... He's sort of done this before, I think, Matt Brown. He's fell away once before, a couple of losses mm. or whatever, and I, was, I thought to myself, oh, he's done. And then he had another really good run when he come back. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's still, there's still some good fights out there for him. There's still definitely some fights I'd love to see in the world weight division from Matt, definitely, because I know how experienced he is and I know that he can catch... Uh, people with, you know, all he needs is that one big shot, one big elbow or whatever, and he can definitely mm. catch someone. But yeah, um, disappointing for Matt, obviously, but really, really promising for Miguel Bieza. So we'll see how Bieza gets on um, a bit further down the line as well. Again, that was in the welterweight division. So again, a division that's like just absolutely stacked. We're going to see what's happened there. Um, just while we're on this, before we get to the main card then, like in the welterweight division, Pete, you've got obviously Usman as, as, um, as champ, and then you've got Mars Vidal in there, you've got Colby in there, and then the one name that just keeps coming up is Conor McGregor. Now, Conor, I, like, he, he, keep, he keeps being brought up in the welterweight conversations and the lightweight conversations, which is a credit to him because mm. there's no other fighter that gets brought up like that in the top in, in so many different, like, in a, in a few different weight divisions where he does. Even featherweight, he's still chatting shit to the featherweights, which I love. I think that's fucking, like, great. I just, I'm here for the shit talking, but. What, what do you think? Like, first of all, not what do you think? What do you want to see? I know that you are a, a Connor fan. Like, do you want Connor Marsvidal or do you want Connor Tony? Do you want Connor Khabib? Like, what, what do you want to see? What do you think is the best I, fight? Um, I was literally just listening to the. Um, yeah, I got, I'm not. I'm not that far into it. I was just listening to the fight companion, and uh, like Joe Rogan, uh, Brendan Schaub, and Eddie Bravo. They started talking about it and started going, "Oh, this could happen." They started doing what we what we enjoy doing, like matchmaking. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "You've probably gone past this bit already, but there's a bit where they go." I think Eddie Bravo says, "Why don't we have like a tournament on one card?" So it's mm-hmm. like them two fight 
these two fight, the next two fight, and then the winner fights the winner. And it just sounds so exciting. The way, like Joe Rogan's eyes lit up. He was like, yes. He was like, God, that card would be amazing. Brendan Sharp's going mad. But what <laughs> what they did say, it's obviously like, um, to make sense, it would be Gaethje Khabib for the title, which would probably be the main event, and then co-main event, like Tony versus Connor. And mm-hmm. whoever, like, the winner fights the winner. Mm-hmm. But then what they did say is, it seems to have gotten quite bad with Khabib's dad again. Yeah. So if he's not in the right frame of mind, Gaethje open to, I mean, to me, the next one down for Gaethje and the big one, because they talk so much shit, is Connor. Mm. But maybe for the interim, something like that. Like if, if Khabib's going to be out for another little while, then do the interim again. Um, have, have Connor fight Justin. And then the winner of that fights Khabib afterwards, but then uh, you, like you don't know what's going to happen. But uh, that's probably the that's probably the one furthest from what's actually going to happen. But in ter- I, I actually really like Connor at welterweight, and I don't think he's I think he's maybe too small for the wrestlers, but I don't think he's too small for the strikers. Right. Um, he's, he just looks like even against maybe it's the way that he fought against Cowboy, but like he looked he looked big against Cowboy, and just the way that he come at him, put it on him. Went straight. I've never seen him. I've never seen him run across the cage and throw a leap in like straight left hand. It's always like he comes out with a kick or something and then waits for the counter and blah blah blah. But he literally come out there as if he wanted to just take his head off with that one shot. Yeah. And I think he could. Technically, I think I've, like I'd love to see the the fight against Masvidal. But I think that'd be the most fun for everyone. And it's not like he's taking a step down like either of them because Masvidal's got the the BMF belt. Like he beat Nate. Obviously, Connor and him have got history as well, so it all sort of gels into one. So I'd yeah. love to see him fight. I think Masvidal is the most exciting one. I think I, I would. I would love to see that. I've, I've just got the rankings up here at the moment um, in the lightweight division. We've got obviously Gaethje as, as uh, we've got Khabib as champ, uh, and then we've got Gaethje um, as interim champ. We've got Tony Ferguson, Dustin Poirier though. Pete, like, what do, do, do you think about Dustin? He's fuming, isn't he? That's he must he come be out livid. No, like yeah, Connor was like, how'd you put that P head above me? Like he's like a slit. I, I fed him to the canvas in thirty seconds. <laughs> but, I mean, that, I mean that that is an exciting rematch, but I don't see what Connor gets out of it. I think right. they're just going to talk shit to each other. But it's like he's he's beaten before, obviously yeah. at a lower weight, um, and they've both moved up. But I think it's more just Dustin trying to like desperately trying to get that get that rematch. But I think the only the only two options really for Either oh. Gage or or Masvidal. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't want. Him, I don't want him to fight Nate again. <laughs> like, at, I would at, love at to see that. a trilogy. I would love to see uh, that trilogy. No, that fight scares me too much. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Well, going on to the welterweight ranking, so we've got Usman as champ, um, and then we've got Woodley, Colby, Mars Vidal, and Leon Edwards. So um, McGregor is ranked um, in the lightweight division. McGregor is ranked fourth, and in the welterweight division, he's ranked fourteenth. So it's interesting. It's interesting. I personally, what I would like to see is I, I, I don't think in this stage in his career with all that money in the bank, it's just strange that Connor wants to cut all that weight. It's so much work. It's so hard mm. to get down to 155. I just, it, it's so strange to me that he still wants to do that, even at this stage of his career. I respect it. I rate it very, very highly. Um, yeah. But, you know, I don't really, again, I, I, it's a strange one for me. For me, in the lightweight division, I feel like, it's kind of sewn up with Connor. It, for me, it's like 
in the lightweight division, I want to know who can beat the champ, right? So I want to know mm. in that division, if the division stacked, it's like you've got the champ and you've got all these people that can beat him. Now, with Khabib and Tony, I think it'll be a crazy fight. Khabib and Justin, I think it'll be a crazy fight. Khabib and Connor, I think if they fight each other, 10 times, I think Khabib wins, you know, at least eight of them. Do you know what I mean? So it's, if to me, Back it's not... Hell, you're giving him not, two. I don't know. You never know what could happen. You never know what could happen. That's just trying thing. to be nice. Just yeah, I'm just trying to be nice. nice. It's probably 10, but I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, you know, play, <laughs> play, I'm just trying to play balance. But, but the welterweight division, Mars Vidal Connor, Pete, for me is, I, I think that's a money fight. They're both got mad followings. I think it'll be brilliant. The only thing about that division then, again, looking at that is who the fuck beats Usman? That's the only thing. It's like yeah, that's the only that's the only worrying one in that division for me. Like you look at I think uh, Roberts, like um Connor could probably beat. Yeah. Uh Masvidal, if he if he comes in like he did again, like if he comes in hundred percent, then he's got a good chance of beating Masvidal. Uh Who's the other one? Even Colby. Colby, Colby. Be a wicked fight against Connor. Like all the trash talk and stuff would be so funny. Wonderboy is um, in there as well. Wonderboy, yeah. So both got that sort of karate in and out style. That could be interesting. Um, and then, but then you, you know what I mean? Like Usman, even I, I, I'd admit that's probably even a tougher, tougher task than Khabib. That's just like for what he did to Woodley. It's just like fucking hell. If he, he could just choose to do that against Connor, do you know what I mean? Um, Who did what to Woodley? Uh, Usman, just the way that he oh. ragdolled him for five, you know what I mean? Like, oh. if he can do that, oh. if he can do that to Woodley, he can do Shit. that to Connor, like easy. Oh, um, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Oh, yeah, oh, there's, so, there's so much to like. Um, I think the smart thing to do for Connor would be fight Masvidal for the BMF title and fight Ireland, something like that. Like a big, massive event to get, keep his profile still up there. Yeah. Um, if I was it, I'd just let that let Justin and could be play out because I think he's got a better chance to win that title back if if Justin's a champion. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? So if he plays it smart, he could work his way around it. But then I think he's just got that ego where he's just like, nah. I think the only reason he still wants any lightweight fights is could be to get another shot at him. Yeah, like even I don't even think it's for the title. I think it's just to, to, to say that he's beat him. Like that's I don't really see him. I don't know if it, like it's, it's not for the money or like he's had the lightweight belt before. It's not like oh I'm the champion. It's more like fuck that guy beat me and it's probably eating away at him. He just wants to get that win back. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, what we'll do, we'll move on to the main card as well then, and then we'll just quickly prof- uh, preview um, a few fights that's, that's coming up as well, hopefully on the next UFC card. So the first fight of the main card um, of the latest UFC, it was Song Yudong against Marlon Vera. Um, you know, it was weird what was happening. So Yudong didn't get his, he, he was having visa issues. So mm. Faber jumped on the scales. Yeah, it was crazy. Mad. Um, but I think they would say they was going to do it like a bit heavier. Maybe he didn't make proper weight. Maybe they would have done it at a different weight. But um, yeah, so I thought, how the fuck, how does that even work? Like the guy's fought in the UFC before, and it's like, why, why would he have problems fighting in this? Like, what do they think he is? <laughs> like, it's, it's fucking. Oh, what's he, he might be a terrorist. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? it is. Mate, listen, he's got bombs in his fucking gloves. I know that because yes. He, yes. he he was coming out with some big hands, especially in round one. Really, really big exchanges from both of these people. Um, Marlon was definitely better with his kicks, and then Song was really, really good um, with his punches. Um, 
really good exchanges. In round two, there was a mad exchange of elbows for about a good eight seconds. They were just hitting each other with elbows. It was like incredible watching that. Um, and then, yeah, great takedown from Vera in the last round. Um, uh, Vera was in, in Song's full guard. Great body shots from Vera. But a unanimous decision that went to Song, did you think it was a, a right decision? It was. I was. I was a little bit in and out of it, but I thought. I don't know really. I. D- I could see like either way. Like, mm. um, I could have seen it going either way, but maybe maybe they just maybe just because of the, maybe it looked like that song. He was like hitting him harder. Mm. I'm not. I'm not too sure. Maybe with, like the power shot. Some maybe that's what they were looking at. But um, I thought that very. I thought that, like that very looks good though. It's not like he's. He was pissed, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's walked walked straight up. Yeah, it was a um, close fight. It could have gone either way. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there with with Song. Um, you know, he's obviously Faber's called him the the future of the featherweight division again. That was a featherweight fight. So we'll see what happens. As I say, they both look fight. I don't feel like um we we always talk about how um fighters have certain stock in the game or whatever and then you have certain fights where it's like no fighter's stock really drops do you know what i mean they still look dangerous they still look good um and you still never know like what's going to happen with them sort of further down the line so yeah we'll, yeah we'll see what happens with with, with both of those fighters uh, with vera and song Yudong as well but a, a good wing for song there the next fight was eric anders again christoph yotko this wasn't the most exciting fight in the world pete no wasn't didn't live up to it did it really Especially because you have obviously big heavy hitting middleweights. Um, Yotko's such a good striker. Eric Anders, ex NFL starter, you know, absolute beast. So I was thinking that this is going to be a really, really big fight, but not the most exciting fight. Um, Yotko was really good finding some range. Um, and this again, I've got, I've got it written down again. Like, mate, this is a middleweight division fight. You know, who, which one mm. of these two is going to give Romero or Whitaker a, a problem? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like it goes through stages. I think, like you, you have them sort of errors where it's like, oh, this is the like the light heavyweight error, and all the best fighters are there, the ones you want to see. And then, mm-hmm. then it's like maybe then it's the middleweight era when maybe Silver was fighting everyone and stuff like that. But it just seems to have died off a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, apart from them top top four or five middleweights, it's like there's not much going on. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. We've got obviously Darren Till in there as well. Not let's not forget Darren Till, um, and let's mm-hmm. not forget Kelvin Gastelum as well. Um, you know, we've got some, some, there's just, that's division so stacked. And I just feel like, again, maybe being too harsh, obviously both young fighters and Anders is just sort of coming up and that kind of stuff. So we'll see what happens there. But, um, you know, I, I just like seeing some, some exciting fights, but, um, unanimous decision there for Yotko. Um, and you can look like, um, it was that just not the sort of, um, it wasn't really, really one-sided, but the more, you know, what we spoke about before, when you can tell who's got the more snap in their shots and stuff like that, Yeah, yeah. you can yeah. just tell that it was falling nice for Yotko there so we'll, we'll see yeah. what happens with, with with those two fighters again um and then just moving on to the next fight it was Dan Ige against Edson Barboza this was a fucking great fight Pete yeah that was great as well that and that's see what see what how come we've got all these featherweight fights where where are all the middleweights <laughs> are they just and they're just like no fuck that we don't want to fight at the moment I don't all know the featherweight, all the featherweights are just stacking the cards out and you've got like a couple of middleweight fights yeah it's, it's weird it's weird but the thing is so like I don't know if you're watching a card are you looking to see, like do you like seeing like let's say you've got Saturday Wednesday Saturday event would you want to see like lots of featherweights on one card lots of middleweights on one card and then like a heavyweight card or do you like seeing a mixture of different fights on different cards 
I think it's good to see a mixture. It depends if the fights are connected, like we just said about if they do like, and it's almost like a tournament. So like the four best fighters in the lightweight division, so the top two fight, and then the third and fourth fight, and it's almost like they're setting up a they're setting up their future fights like there and then. Mm. But like, yeah, maybe there's just more featherweights to choose from at the moment. I don't know. It's, it's weird. And but, then, but then again, but then they're all sick. Like it's all like all the featherweight fights have been wicked. Exactly, exactly. It's such an exciting division because another and the thing about Barboza, such a savage, he's dropped down from a, a really, really stacked lightweight division and he's just dropped straight down into an even more stacked featherweight division. Just absolutely yeah. mad, you know, just mad, mad work rate from him. But it was a really, really exciting fight. Edson dropped Ige with a right um, in round one, dropped into Ige's guard. There was some massive, massive exchanges. But I thought Edson looked really, really good in round one. Um, you know, it didn't look like the weight cut had affected him too much. And because he was coming down, he looked like he had a lot of power in his shots as well. Mm. Round two, Ige came out swinging. Some great um, output from him as well. But Edson's takedown defence, for a striker, his takedown defence, mate, fucking hell, yeah, so sick. good. He must so have just good. never trained to actually do takedowns ever. It's just all defence. <laughs> That's it, yeah, just sprawls and kicks. That's all he's doing. I have got, I, I did notice though, like, uh, you know, when you when you watch Barboza, you do expect, he was, have, he was having, not to take anything away because he was having a lot of success with his hands, but he didn't throw a lot of kicks. No, that's what I don't understand. In all the fights I've seen him where he's like lost or where he hasn't looked that comfortable, he's, I don't think his boxing is like his best thing. Like, he covers up a lot. Like, he really covers up. Like, as soon as someone comes in and unloads on him, he's got his hands wrapped around his head um, and then he sort of, he sort of takes it and then he gives it a second and then answers back. Whereas, like, you've got other people like like Gaethje against Ferguson and stuff, they just, like, bite down on the gum shield and just swing. It's just, like, it's, it's just different, yeah. And I'd, there was points where that Ige was just, he didn't give a shit, he was just coming forward swinging. Mm. Um, and Barbosa was just sort of, he was taking quite a bit. But, um, yeah, just the legs, like, well, I don't know, maybe it's... It's hard to say when you're not in there, but you'd think to yourself every fight, like, why don't you just try and win every fight by leg kicking someone? It's like, true. just smash them up. And it, like, he, just, he, he wasn't, it was like you weren't throwing enough to even try that. Maybe, maybe he got caught with a shot that we didn't really notice from trying to throw a leg kick. I and mean, he was probably thinking, like, fuck that. I'm a little bit too open throwing the leg kicks. But, um, but I, like, overall, I thought he'd done, I thought he'd done the most damage, to be honest. You right, think Barbosa did? Whole fight. Yeah, like I got to the end, and I was a bit like, it was, I mean, it was it wasn't clear cut, but I was like, oh no, he's done enough because he hurt him more, right? Um, and he landed the cleaner shots. Yeah, he looked like he had more power, defended the takedowns well, but yeah. It was a close fight, really, really close fight. Ige got a win uh, by split decision, so it was a really, really close fight. But do you think Barboza stays here now? What, what do you think's next for him then? I think he. I thought I read something today where he said he wasn't. He's like, if he if he doesn't get his win bonus, <laughs> then he's then he then he's not paying that weight ever again. So I've, I've got I've got a feeling he's going to go back up to lightweight. Fuck yeah, no, bless him. Oh, the featherweight division is is we keep saying it's stats. I've just got the rankings up here. So we've got Volkanovski as champ and Holloway at number one. Then we've got Brian Ortega. We've got Zabit. Uh, we've got Chan Sung Young. Um, who's the Korean zombie. We've got Yai Rodriguez, Calvin Cater, Frankie Edgar, Josh Emmett, Jeremy the Heathen, Stevens, Shane Burgos, Danny Gay's ranked number 11, Aldo's still ranked number 13. It's a really, really sort of stacked division. So yeah, I don't know. It, no. I, but the thing is, I 
would love to see Edson in there amongst them. I think he can give some of those people a really, really, really sick fight. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Penultimate fight of the evening. Sorry, were you going to say something? No, no, go on, go on. Go on, sorry, Pete. So we've got um, this penultimate fight. We've got Angela Hill against Claudia Gadela. Um, some really good striking from Angela um, in uh, in round one. It was a really, really um, close round. Um, ended up mostly in, in a bit of a grappling fight. Um, in round two, Angela did drop her with a straight right, sort of let her up. Some really good exchanges again. It was getting really spicy towards the end of round two. And then round three, great combos again from Angela. I thought personally that Angela won this fight, Pete, but the judges gave a split decision to, Claud- uh, to Claudia. What did you think? Fucking... I fell asleep during this one. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about this one. Fuck it. Everyone's gonna, everyone's gonna think I'm so sexist. I'm not yeah, sexist. Yeah, it's sexist. The women are fighters uh, too. I know. Fucking hell. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is all you. This one. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's fine. I'll take it from here. But no, it was. I, I, I did think. Um, I did think uh, Claudia um, uh, did did well, but I think she won the fight. The only thing about this is which is a little bit kind of frustrating, I guess, for Angela. If we just go to to the women's draw rate, essentially Angela wanted um, a rating next to her name. Like, we've got, I've got the top 15 fighters here and she's not, she's not ranked in there, so it is a bit strange. But I think she's really, mm. really promising. I think she's a great striker. Um, she's yes. really good on social media and that kind of stuff as well. She's got a lot of personality about her as well. But yeah, they just gave the decision to Claudia. Um, not that, not to take anything away from her. It was, a, it was. She, she was still sewing stuff. It wasn't she really looked, like one-sided. She better though, didn't she? Like I say, I, 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 I saw, fo- I saw photos yeah. afterwards, and her face was battered, and there's a picture of Angela smiling. And then I think she posted up the stats as well. And I think round one, she, it looks like if you go and buy stats, it looks like she lost. And then two and three, she got quite a few more like significant strikes in. So I don't know. If, she, she's pretty pissed. She said she's ready to fight like next card, but um, that's all I sort of saw in it really. And it's uh, it's hard to judge by that. Like, um, I guess like like this is a good example. If someone hasn't watched the fight like properly, I started off watching round one, but you look at the stats and you obviously think, oh, well that girl landed more shots than that other girl. But it's just like I think you, you don't know what else is going on in that fight. Like what sort of shot? I don't know. How they class a significant strike as well. Like yeah. so what? What? What power? What power range did you give <laughs> a significant strike? It it's strange. a weird one. It is a weird one. I've heard DC and Rogan talking about it on commentary before, where they say, you know, what? What is a significant strike? What makes it? Because DC's like, surely, fucking listen. I've been in there. Every strike is significant. Trust me. Yeah. You know what I mean, <laughs> like you're fucking getting battered up in there. So <laughs> even touching gloves. <laughs> there is that one where like Bisping, um, Bisping has the record for the most significant strikes landed in. UFC history and then in his last fight with GSP they had to do the touch gloves and he just punched GSP glove and John John Anik was like another significant strike there from (laughs) (laughs) landed from Michael Bisbee so funny so funny I love shit like that UFC banter UFC banter Um, they're so good we'll we'll see what happens um, again with, with Angela Hill but yeah, I was very disappointed for her because I did I did think she won that fight Um, sorry that's that's straw yeah Who's who's that? Is that Valentina? Uh, so Strawweight is uh, no, that's uh, Vei Li Zhang. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, 
I can't wait to see her fight again. I can't wait to see her fight again. I know. We've got women's strawweight division. We've got um, Rayleigh Zhang, uh, or Zhang Rayleigh, as the uh, champ. We've got Jessica Andrade at number one. Thug Rose still in there at number two. I really want to see Thug Rose fight, man. Like, Yeah, they, was they, she was meant to fight Andrade, no? Ah, okay. So they're having think, a rematch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, I think I think he got called off because I think apparently like Rose is one of the only people that, or not one of the, but she can't be the only one, but she's the only one sort of against fighting while this is going on because I think yeah. she's lost some family members and stuff but right, okay. which is un- which is like, understandable oh, so yeah I think that's absolutely. it's a bit of a shame we can't see that that'd be a wicked fight um, yeah there's some good fights in that division as well yeah yeah we're really really interesting division there so we'll see that I can't actually see I thought that um, Jessica was uh, ranked obviously in that division I can't seem to see her name now I mean she literally was champion uh, like um, not long ago so I'm really confused as to why uh, why she's she's no so this is um, so that's the flyweight let's have a look so the pound for pound ranking she is there we've got women's strawweight division Jessica Andrade Rose Tatiana Joanna Nina Claudia Carla Esparza Michelle Waters and that's fine uh, women's flyweight we've got Shevchenko as champ then we've got Jessica I Caitlin Chikagian um, yeah that's a strange one um, <laughs> let me go to bantamweight as well to see her no okay that's a strange one um, anyway so yeah the rankings are a bit weird how they work to be honest it's a very very strange system but anyway, we digress. Let's move on to finally just to the main event, mate. This was Walt Harris against Alistair Overeem. Um, it was a really, really interesting fight, this. What did you think about this fight, Pete? Yeah, it, was, it, was, it, felt, it felt a bit like, because um, obviously Overeem's come out and said he's not going to take it easy on him with the circumstances and stuff. And it was like, it was almost like shit. Maybe, like, maybe he had pulled back a little bit because when he started getting tagged I was like Jesus Christ like sort of felt really good for Walt Harris that he was actually going to do it yeah and then um, yeah he took them took them a couple of big shots and it was just like I felt I felt I felt sorry for him even when he was on the floor I don't know whether it was because he was really that hurt or whether it was all getting maybe the whole maybe the whole thing was just a bit too much he just wasn't moving he was, it wasn't like a it was weird. It wasn't like when Glover was on Anthony Smith and he was just exhausted and he couldn't move. It was like he was still, he could just, I don't know. Well, I, I can't really say that. Maybe he was really hurt, but um, that's over him fucking it in you. But yeah, I just, I just felt like maybe the whole thing, even when like the fight got finished and he just sort of stayed on the floor, it seemed like a bit of like an emotional moment and that like over him come over and give him a cuddle on that. And it was just like, there must have been so fucking hard to get your oh. mind in that sort of. Like, it must be hard anyway getting ready for a fight when you ain't got shit going on outside the cage but so it might, all he, that going on as well yeah he, he, he just looks sort of overwhelmed um, but by it all by the occasion and stuff like that like it, to be fair though Walt dropped him in round one um, mm. it was really really close to being stopped yeah I thought it could have stopped it yeah yeah Definitely could have stopped. I think it was it Herzog. I think again. Um, he's, he's, oh God, no, Mergliata. I think was it Mergliata. Okay, Mugliata. so yeah. it was it was really yeah. Walt dropped him and then like just on top of him. Overeem got busted open. Um, but then you know they, he didn't stop it. Overeem was still fighting back. Overeem then takes him down and ends the round on top, which it just goes to show like. Maybe they should, I don't know, like at least in boxing, you know, when you knock someone down, they get a standing 10 count and then you see people come back. Like look at Tyson Fury when he came back against Wilder and won the rest of the round. The UFC is so interesting where if someone gets knocked down, they couldn't, you know, they're not completely out, but the ref can sort of jump in and stop it. You've got to be really, really like on it with these stoppages, I feel like. Mm, yes, yeah, like, yeah. It was, 
I don't, know, I don't know what they. We should be able to hear it more now, but they must. There must be a certain. Maybe certain referees are different, but there must mm. be some sort of rule that it's like you've got to ask someone if they're taking like little shots. You know them sort of like some people are taking like some people take like five shots and the ref jumps in. It's like right now he was out, or some people take twenty to thirty of them little tappy shots, like Khabib sort of shots on the side of the head, and it's just mm. like I don't know what they're saying to him at that point, like you need to fight back or you need to move or you need to defend yourself. Cause it's like, you think in that situation, like I've not, I've not been in that situation properly, but I've been on the floor with someone sort of tapping me on the side of the head and you, you know yourself like, right, I've got to move and you're waiting for that moment, but then you're tired as well. So it's almost like you're taking a breather. Yeah. So it's like you're taking these little tippy taps in the side of the head, but then you've got you're someone going, oh, you need to move, you need to move. And in your head, you're like, yeah, I know I need to fucking move. I'm just having a breather. <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's, that, it's hard. So you, don't, you don't know how hurt these people actually are. Like, he didn't, he didn't seem that hurt at the end of that match. It's but. such a good point. It's such a good point. Well, the end, round two is when it finished. It was a massive head kick from Alistair Overeem, which shows that even at his age, he's still able to throw big shots like that really really big head kick from Overeem um, and then yeah he just basically he was on um, Walt's back he just had him flattened out um, and he was just raining like you said raining shots down and it was a long time before it was stopped but the rest probably thinking what like this isn't a fight yeah. anymore this is one man on top of another man another man not yeah. moving and the other one just raining down shots you have to think about CTE you have to think about protecting a fighter and like you said they're not like career ending shots but it takes a tally, doesn't it? It takes a tally. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good yeah, the ref. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens again. I think Walt Harris will definitely come back, um, and Overeem again. We'll see what happens. It will, what's next for him? Um, again, he did say, um, "What's next for you, Alistair?" And he basically said, "I'll, I'll go back to the drawing board. I'll see. I see. I'm still think I'm in a position to be able to have some exciting fights, and who knows, mm-hmm. maybe even another shot at the title. So it's good that he's got a clear direction of look. I want to have one more crack. I'm on my way out, but I still think I've got a left bit left in the tank, and we'll mm-hmm. see what he can do." Um, yeah, definitely. You know, he's got to just come up against people like Francis again. It's not going to end well, probably. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll <laughs> oh, see. fuck it. Oh, I was just going to say, have you seen the all this all this John Jones stuff? Is so exciting. What do you Seriously, think? Seriously, I'm, pra- I'm praying that happens. Like, it's it's a weird one because you'd think if Jones was going to step up to heavyweight, like everyone said he would at some stage when he cleans out light heavyweight, he'd obviously go for the champion. Which at the moment. Or like, if they were both healthy, or if Stipe's eye was all right, it would be Stipe or DC again. Mm-hmm. Um, but now he's coming out saying, if he moves up to heavyweight, he would fight Ngano and beat him. And it's like you're taking, you're taking a big risk. You're pretty, you've got everything to lose in that situation. Like it'll be like, no, people won't care about the weight. They'll be like, ah, oh, John Jones is beatable. We knew he was going to get knocked out. Um, and then where does that leave him? It's just like. Especially because his last few performances haven't been like devastating. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's, no, he's been close. And I get, I get that. I get that. But Pete, what if he fucks Francis up? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, that's the only. It's John Jones. It's the, one of the goats. Like you don't like. He could come up in heavyweight. He gets in there because he even put a tweet out. Who's the more technical striker, Francis Ngannou or Thiago Santos? And it's like Santos has knocked out everybody. He's got kicks, knees. Like Francis has got obviously heavy power. <laughs> But Santos is, yeah, but, a, is a technical striker. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but then, yeah, but then if, what, if, what if I asked you who's the most technical out of 
frozen strike and, and gone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Some, one one yeah. guy has had hundreds of kickboxing fights and he's like been training all his life and then he's just got this monster that just swings for the hills. <laughs> just like, do you know what I mean? It just It's so, it must be horrible for someone like that. Like, cause you get taught how to do things all the right way and then there's yeah. just someone that can like just chuckle that technique to one side and just swing as hard as he can. Not so he must have some technique. He must oh, like he trains but I'm sure he, he trains. trains. I'm sure he I trains. He, yeah. I think he just gets carried away. Like you wouldn't get John Jones come out with that looping right hand to start off that combination, which is probably what probably what fucks people up. I'd love to see that though. Just even that. Like if he'd come out against John Jones like that, because you can't run away from that in the first 10 20 seconds of fight. You're either, you're either gonna have to you're either just gonna have to cover up stand your ground or oh, go for a takedown i guess but it is so interesting it is so interesting i would love to see it so fingers crossed john goes up to heavyweight and then fights francis that that would be banging so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. freak show what you want to see freak shows It'd be mad. Uh, we're coming close to the end there, Pete. Uh, we've got a UFC fight card coming up on Sunday, the 7th of July. Now, I want to cut the UFC a bit of slack and obviously cut Dana a bit of slack to say, you know, a lot of stuff still waiting to be confirmed. A lot of stuff, you know, locations, fighters, COVID. It's all a bit fucked up at the moment. So, first of all, a big shout out to the UFC for giving us some entertainment during this time. I fucking love what Dana's doing at the moment. I think it's brilliant. We have got a potential UFC 250 coming up on Sunday, the 7th of June. Uh, we have some... Uh, Potential fights so far. Alonzo Menafield against Devin Clark in the light heavyweight division. Alex Perez against Josef Formiga in a flyweight fight. We've got Ian uh, Hench against Gerald Mearshar in middleweight. Uh, watch Mearshar's last fight. He looked really good. And then we've got Marky Patolo against Charles Bird in middleweight. Um, again, none of these are really fully confirmed, but... The one that they're trying to really get over the line is Amanda, Nune, uh, Amanda Nunez against Felicia Spencer for the, for the featherweight title. Um, Amanda's just in one of those positions at the moment where champions get to after a while. They just look unbeatable. And I guess we're just waiting mm. for that one person to just come and dethrone her, I guess, Pete. You know, she just looks yeah. unbeatable at the moment. Yeah, it's like, it's, you have to look at, I always look at like, just, just like the top, the top level fighters like um obviously you've got Amanda, you used to have Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm, uh Chris Cyborg, um, Valentina. It's just like they're like the top it's this I think there's just such a big gap between the top level women fighters and then the ones below. Yeah. Like a couple a couple of the men's divisions you got that, like the unbeaten fight, like John Jones and Khabib, stuff like that. People don't really come close but it's just so hard for these other girls to get to that sort of level. I don't know why. Like, it's just you just all of a sudden they just got these freak athletes at like at the top of the pile. Yeah, it's just so hard for, especially I don't know. You, you're going to need tank. You can't just go in there and strike with Amanda. I don't think, or even Valentina. It's like, it's, they're just like different level. So she's going to have to find out a different way to take this fight. It's just. Yeah, I've watched. I just see her getting knocked out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even <laughs> then, you can come in with like like Tyson says. Everyone's got a plan until they get fucking punched. Oh yeah, in the face, of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can have that. It's, mm -hmm. Do you know what though? It, to be fair, the reason why there might be a bit of more of a chasm there is obviously women's MMA is still it's relatively still quite young. If you think about it, yeah. The first real women's fighter to really get this thing on the map was Ronda Rousey. She's only just retired a few years ago. Do you know what I mean? So. It's still yeah. still coming up. I think women's MMA, as well as as well as all MMA, to be honest, we're still relatively early doors with it all. 
um, mm. and you know it's it's just really really fucking exciting. But yeah, so we'll see how Felicia gets uh, gets on against Amanda Nunes. Some really exciting fights coming up. I feel like we've uh, previewed quite a lot there, Peter. Um, so yeah, we can call it a day. Um, There'll I'm be a sure hor- horrible gap waiting for the next card. <laughs> yeah, so we've got two or three weeks now until the next card. Uh, we try and link up in the meantime to talk some more kind of um, rumours. Uh, I love talking about the rumour mill and stuff like that. But otherwise, <laughs> um, we'll take a little break and we'll probably see you just before the next card um, in the week leading up to it. Um, obviously, uh, you and me, Peter, we don't talk outside this pod, do we? So um, I'll... Um, no. <laughs> we, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll, see, I'll, I'll have to talk to you in a few weeks then, mate. Hey. <laughs> Not even met yet, have we? <laughs> right lovely stuff thanks very much for listening everybody um uh, banging for the ufc loving what they're doing at the moment um so yeah more cars the better all right pete i'll catch up with you soon mate mate. yeah take care see you later